Open your Bibles, if you would, to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And then uh, page 204 in your book. And uh, so we'll be there in a minute. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We started <clears throat> last week uh, the uh, next chapter, uh, Your Place in the Church Family. And uh, <clears throat> we talked a good bit last week, and, and um, I want to I wanna, uh, start off by reading a little bit here uh, on page 204, lesson number 10. It says, Join in the work of ministry. You've heard the adage, many hands make light work. This is definitely true in relation to the work of the church. And my wife and I uh, were talking about it um, yesterday, I think. I think it was yesterday. Anyway, recently. And our church is, is is in a unique well, not, it's not unique, but it's unique in the sense that uh, uh, we're 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 a small church, so we don't have a lot of things to do for people, but at the same time, we're we're a growing church, and there are things that need to be done, and. I, I, I periodically I will have somebody come to me and say, I want something to do. And that's a great thing, but there's not always something that I can say, oh, well, here you go, you, you know. But at the same time, I've had people come to me like the Monroes did at Christmas a year ago. Well, before Christmas a year ago. <clears throat> Was it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they said... They said, uh, yeah, because I think the parade, anyway, whatever. Um, they came to me pre- prior to the town's Christmas parade and said, uh, we, need a, we need to enter a float in the Christmas parade. And I said, go for it. And they said, okay, we will. <laughs> because... <laughs> okay, um, what is the translation of, hey, we need, our church needs to start doing, what is the, what is the translation of that? Exactly. Pastor, you need to do this. And to be perfectly honest, uh, and I'm just being honest, the last thing I need is one more thing to do. Okay, I, not, that I, not that I'm trying to shirk responsibility, but there are only 24 hours in a day. Exactly. What? Yeah. What did? What do I do between two and four in the morning? Anyway, I. You know, just yeah. I snore a lot. So, um. Um, but my my point is this: as our church grows, there are things that need to be done, and I can't do them all. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 
in verse 9. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not anyone to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they <clears throat> then they uh, have heat. But how can one warm alone? Teamwork within the local church is an important factor. One of the things that... <clears throat> I probably should down, should sit down and write up a list of things that people could do. <clears throat> and, huh? Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I honestly, till till just now, I hadn't even thought about that. <clears throat> but let let me ask you a question: Whose responsibility is it to get things done? Think about what. Just let me finish my thought here. Should I have to go and find somebody to do everything that needs doing, or should everything that needs doing, should God put it on someone's heart to come to me? Does that make sense? So, what's the answer? I don't have the answer. Okay, I think it's a little bit of both, because I I'm the my personality type is I don't I want people to serve because they want to serve. I don't want people to serve because oh, pastor asked me to do this and and I, you know, now I feel like I have to do it. Does that make sense? But we're getting to the point. Our church is getting to the point where more people need to start doing more because. My wife and I are going to burn out if we don't. It, it, let, let, let me give you an example. Um, whenever we have a fellowship uh, down in Unit 112, like a, a, a snack or something like that. Now, this last one, we left early because it was our anniversary. And I, I told Melanie, I said, I'm leaving. I don't care if they clean it or not. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we were. We were. Um, but but the, for for 12 years that responsibility has fallen on my wife and I. You, you you know what I'm saying? Now now that sounds like something very small, but by the time all that's done, and everybody's leaving and gone, and it's just primarily oftentimes just my wife and I finishing. You know we don't get home till 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 quite late. Now that's just one thing of many that that I'm talking about, but. But I'm not the kind of person that's going to come to you and say, hey, you know what, I I want you to start doing this. Why? Because I don't want want you to think, wow, I've got to do this. What I want is I I want to do this. Hey, hey, Pastor, 
I, I've noticed that, that this and this, is this, a, is this something that I can take on? Take, take some of the load off of you. Does that make sense? That's how my mind thinks. But how many of you out there have seen what I'm talking about in, you know, something and, th- and thought, wow, somebody needs to do that. You know, I could do that, but I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> okay. You know, well, I, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say something. I didn't want, you know, why? So, so, I, so I think it's a little bit of both. So, the answer is, <clears throat> if you feel like God is putting something on your heart to be a part of, step up and say something. And I have gotten better about seeing needs within the church. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, We need to have a a men's Bible study. And John John, uh, Staub did the last one and did an incredible job with it. And I, I learned so much. But I was telling my wife, I said, we need to start another men's Bible study. I said, but the problem is I don't want to do it. Not that I can't. I I have the ability to do it. But I like to learn too. You follow me? So as, as God opens your heart to needs within the church, understand we all have a responsibility to serve. And the best way to do that is sometimes stepping out of our comfort zone and doing things that we would not normally do. So, uh, turn over to Exodus. Exodus. You don't know where Exodus is. It's the second book in the Bible. Exodus chapter 18. Without without reading a lot here, can anybody tell me what was going on in Exodus chapter 18? Just if you want to glance at it, you can. Any of you ever heard of Jethro? Okay, who who is Jethro? Candy? Okay, Moses' father-in-law. And, uh, you know, the in-laws came came to town. (laughs) Now, what was was Jethro's job? Anybody know? He was a priest, priest, okay? Um, So, uh, the the in-laws come to town, and Moses is never home. Why? He was he was too busy. He is always tending to the needs of the people. So, let's read in in Exodus chapter 18 and start reading in verse 14. And when Moses uh Moses's father-in-law saw that all that he did to the people, he said, what is this thing 
that thou hast done uh, that thou doest to the, uh, to thy uh, the people why sittest thou thyself alone and all the people stand before thee from morning until evening okay so before we go any further what was happening here Moses was doing it all uh, if 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 two people had a had a conflict with themselves with, with each other they would go to Moses and then Moses would then judge and and give <laughs> okay you owe him or you owe him or whatever and 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 but that's what he did from 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 sun up to sundown every single day let's continue reading <clears throat> And, uh, and Moses said unto uh, his father-in-law, Because thou, uh, excuse me, because the people uh, come unto me uh, to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and, the, uh, and another, and I do make them known the statutes of God and his law. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, the thing that thou doest is what? Not good. <clears throat> Verse 18. Thou wilt surely wear away, but thou and his people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice, and I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Uh, be thou for the people uh, to God, word, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God, and thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws and shall uh, show them the way uh, wherein they must walk and the work they must do moreover thou shalt provide out of all the people able men such as fear god men of truth hate uh, covetousness and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds and rulers of 50 and rulers of 10 and let them judge the people at the season and it shall be that every great matter that they shall bring unto thee but every small matter they shall judge and, sh and shall it be easier for thyself and they shall bear the burden for thee if thou shalt do this and God command thee so then thou shalt be able to endure and all his uh, excuse me and all this people shall also go to their place in peace and Moses hearkened to the voice of, the, uh, of his father in law and did all that he had said now let me say this <clears throat> When the founding fathers of our country established the court systems in our country, they did it based on this passage. 
the Supreme Court that we have is based on the final law. What they say trumps everything. What was Moses doing to himself? Okay, one of you at a time. Okay. Okay, he was burning himself out. No, I'm sorry? Exactly. Okay. <clears throat> what? I talked to a pastor recently, a pastor friend of mine, who is <clears throat> kind of doing this very thing. And I, I, I warned him. I said, you know what? You, you, can't, you, you can't do that. Because <clears throat> there's a... There's a saying within the pastoral ministry um, that if you lose your family, you've lost your ministry. And Moses was in the process of losing everything. And his father-in-law recognized it and realized, hey, you cannot keep up at this pace. You need help. And, and you need to establish this system to, to do it. <clears throat> so, you've heard me talk about <clears throat> uh, in, in the past, because I've, I've, I, I, I like statistics, and, and that's just how my brain works, but I've read on many occasions statistics of uh, the number of pastors that are leaving the ministry um, uh, every year. Uh, they, they, there is an estimation out there. I think it's a bit high, but I mean, what do I know? But every week, or no, excuse me, every month, there are 1,500 pastors quitting every month. Why do you think they're doing that? A lot of it is they need help. They're just tired. I, I talked to a pastor friend of mine years ago. Uh, when he retired, he uh, he had been in the ministry, Pastor Stevens, over 40 years. Um, and I asked him, I just straight up asked him. He, he retired, he was 68, I think 68 or 69 when he retired. And I, I asked him, I, and I just asked him, I said, why are you retiring? And, and, I mean, he was a pastor of a very, very large church, had a Christian school, had all, you know, had all the, and he, he just, I'm tired. He said, I just can't do it anymore. Now, he didn't quit preaching, but he, he, he just, he couldn't, he just couldn't go anymore. I read an article, I, I was sharing this with uh, Melanie the other day, I, I was reading this article uh, put out by Life, uh, uh, Faith Life, uh, Faith Life, anyway, very reputable uh, organization. Anyway, they have a, um, a, a, a wing of their ministry that does research and so on and so forth. Anyway, I read this article and the first half of the article was talking about why pastors quit. And and that's the that that tends to be the, the 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 where we like to focus. But as I kept reading the article, 
the second half of the article was why don't pastors quit? You know, because we and we we throw these numbers out with that. Yeah, well, fifteen hundred pastors a month are quitting, and everybody goes, ooh, wow, you know. And, and but there are far more than that not quitting. And I thought, wow. So as I read this article, I want to share with you um, what basically, in a nutshell, uh, a, a statement in here that kind of sums up the whole the whole article. Um, but <clears throat> but the main reason why pastors don't quit is because they don't feel alone. One of the main reasons pastors do quit is because they feel alone. But by far, the majority of pastors that don't quit, don't quit because they don't feel alone. Let me read you what the article said. Research has shown the value of the pastor's wife, time with the family, and being able to share his struggles with his church. The ability to come and just say, hey, I need help. And having people step up and do it. Keeps keeps pastors in the ministry. So as we get into this lesson number 10, join, join in the work of the ministry. Every single one of us should be praying, how can I be more embedded in this ministry. One of the things that when uh, I, I remember back many, many years ago when God started really stirring my heart about uh, ministering within the church, one of the things that I felt very strongly about was that I wanted to be someone that my pastor, if he ever... Had, a, had an emergency, if he ever uh, had to be out of town or wh- whatever, he could always count on me to cover whatever needed covering. Does that make sense? That was just something that God put in my heart. I went to a pastor's conference, and this, and this is what really kind of helped solidify this thought in my mind. But back 30-plus years ago, probably closer to 35 years ago, I went to a pastor's conference. And I sat in this conference surrounded by several hundred, if not thousands, of pastors. And I I remember being in this huge church and the the pastor of this church. And I, I kept thinking, he can't do it all himself. I mean, this is a huge ministry. Thousands of people would come to this church every Sunday. And I thought, he's just the pastor. He can't do it all himself. He needs people around him to help him. And that's when I said, you know what? That's what I, I want to be one of those people. How can we work in the, in the, in the ministry? Let's, let's go ahead and go back to the book here, your first blank here. 
God has entrusted the church with the gospel and the responsibility to take it to the world. Turn over to Matthew chapter 28. Yes, yes, Matthew chapter 28. One, uh, one other thing while you're turning there, let me, let me say this. <clears throat> Who is the real enemy of the church? Satan Okay? And we kind of had to stop thinking about that. I was like, oh. But <laughs> it's kind of a loaded question, but, but it's, not, it's not us. We're not the enemy. We, we, we are commanded to love one another and to, to serve one another. But Satan is the one who wants to come in and cause division. Matthew chapter 28, Go ye therefore, in verse 19, excuse me, uh, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Uh, Let's continue reading here. It says, uh, he he has also entrusted the church with the responsibility uh, of encouraging and serving one another and bringing others along, along in spiritual growth and maturity. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. These responsibilities do not belong solely to the pastor or the church leadership. They belong to the church as a whole. Please, please get that. That's our next blank. It is the church, it's everybody in the church's responsibility to do these things. Uh, It is not the pastor's job to do the work of the entire church. Rather, it is his job, along with others who aid him, to equip the members to do the work of the ministry. Again, Ephesians uh, chapter 4, let's look at verse 11. And he, give, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers and, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, <clears throat> it is the church's responsibility to... Um, uh, to share the gospel, to get the gospel out. It is the church's responsibility to help each other grow. It is the pastor's responsibility to give us the ability to, or to equip us to be able to do the work 
that needs to be done. It is um, it is not necessarily my job to do everything. Does that make sense? Hello, talk to me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, <clears throat> should I or should a pastor be willing to clean the toilets, vacuum the floors, um, stay late, take care of things? Should be. Absolutely. There, there's no reason why I couldn't do those things. Jesus did, yeah, absolutely. Jesus was the the perfect example of a servant. You know, what happens? Or excuse me, let me let me see how I can how I can re- rephrase this. What could be one of the disadvantages of my wife and I doing everything in the church? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Okay. I I love the warning. Resentment for my own job. Going back to the to the Moses thing. You just you just can you can burn out. What what is another reason, Brian? Okay. Yeah. Who's gonna? Who's gonna? Yeah. If exactly. If if something were to happen, like when I got sick a couple years ago, if I had died, this church needs to continue to keep going. It, this is not my church. This is this is his church. Okay. What's another reason? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, Rolando? Exactly. The church wouldn't grow. Let, let, me, let me illustrate it to you this way. My kids hate it when I do this, but I'm going to use my kids as an illustration. There, there was a time, um, because everybody knows my wife is a little on the OCD side. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know that's hard for you to believe. Um, well, but it's not just that, but, but it, it dawned on me one day that we had a, how old was Ashley? 12, almost teenage daughter in our house. And my wife is at the sink, at the kitchen sink doing the dishes. And I, I asked her, I said, why isn't Ashley doing the dishes? Because she, at that age, she's perfectly capable of taking that load off of her. Well, I asked her, I said, why, why is Ashley not doing the dishes? And she said, because she doesn't do it the way I want it done. Okay, how many of you moms understand this? Okay, okay. Now, but what did I, what, what did I tell her? teacher now what what was in a in a real world sense 
was she helping Ashley? Ashley would have said, yes, she was helping me. But in reality, was she helping Ashley or was she hurting Ashley? She was hurting her. Why? Because she was not allowing her to grow, to develop. Right. I wanted them clean, not <laughs> I told her, I said, she doesn't get them clean the first time, make her do it again, you know. And, you know, eventually she's going to get it right, you know. And then, and so Ashley still kind of holds that over me. I don't understand that. But anyway. Um, but <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. We We do our children no favors when we don't teach them. And as a church, we all need to grow. It is, it is, this is not our church. This is our church. Yes. I've also seen through the years in my life that churches may not necessarily have the right to stay over part of One case I had seen years ago was Captain White did everything. Right. Exactly. Exactly. There's a <clears throat> years ago I learned a lesson. How many of you hate it when somebody does something or for you or gives you money or provides a service for you? How many of you hate that? Okay? Well, you need to get over that. <laughs> okay? I, I I was one of those kind of people that I was always the one who had the extra money. I could always help somebody who was in need. I was, I was always that person. And then I, all of a sudden, I found myself needing help. No, and people started trying to help me. Yeah, and people, people started trying to help me financially or, or whatever. And what did I do? Exactly. No, I'm good. I'm good. My wife's ever thinking. What are you doing? We're starving to death here, kid, you know? Um, but <laughs> my pastor came to me and he, 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 he quoted a verse to me. And I'm going to quote it to you. And this is it. Press down, shaken together, and, and running over, and men shall give to your bosom. What was I doing? I was in need. I was in financial need, and I was praying for God to help me financially. I wanted him to drop money from heaven or, or to, to go out in the back, backyard and pull money off a tree or something. But how does God bless us here on earth? Through other people. And and what I, what did I learn? I, there are seasons in our lives where we are the givers. And then there are seasons in our lives where we are the recipients. And we need to be willing to be recipients. Because when we... And my pastor told me, as he said, Rick, when you when you allow your pride to take over, 
because that's what it is. Okay, I'm just going to call it what it is. When you allow your pride to take over and deny that individual the opportunity to be a blessing to you, you are stealing the blessings of God from their lives. Because how many times have you given to somebody in need and, and God just pours out blessings on your life because of it? And you think, man, I love doing that. Well, God uses people to meet your needs too. So we need to be very, very careful. Very careful. Any questions before we go on? Okay. Uh, next paragraph. <clears throat> Uh, the apostles and prophets were uh, temporary roles in the early church before the writing of God's word was complete. The role, excuse me, the roles uh, of the evangelists and, pa uh, and pastors and teachers, however, uh, continue today. Your next blank here. Uh, God has given church leaders the job to equip you to take part in the work of the ministry and edifying or building, building up the body of Christ to, to produce new Christians whom, uh, excuse me, who mature as disciples. Turn over to 2 Timothy. Second <clears throat> Timothy chapter 2. Verse 2, it says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou uh, to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So, to be perfectly honest, this book we've been going through for over a year now, What? why are we doing this book? I'm, I'm sorry? So we can teach others. I, my 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 entire motivation for this book has nothing to do. Well, that, that's not true. Let me let me rephrase that. I I do care about the fact that you grow in Christ. I do care. But we should all want to grow in Christ so that we can help someone else grow in Christ. That's the main reason we're doing this. Let's continue reading. <clears throat> How then can you join the work of the ministry? The good news is that God has especially equipped you for this very task. And I believe that. I believe that there's a man in our church that is specifically equipped to teach a Bible, a Bible study to encourage all the rest of the men in our church. I believe that. I just don't know who it is. I know who it's not. <laughs> I won't say his name, but that's okay. I'm teasing. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next section. Well, before we go to the next section, any, any questions? Any questions at all? 
Okay, let's go to the next section here. Uh, use your spiritual gifts. And, and this is what we talked a, a long time about last week. So we're just going to kind of fly through this. Um, the Holy Spirit provides every child of God with one or more spiritual gifts. Uh, these gifts are divine enablement uh, given to us at salvation for the express purpose of serving God through the local church. So next blank, discover your gifts. And we talked about this last week. We gave you a spiritual um, gifts test last week. Um, so if you would like a spiritual gifts test, you didn't have it uh, last week, um, see me, I can get one for you. Uh, but discover your gifts. Uh, oftentimes, um, do, do you need a to take a spiritual gifts test in order to know what your spiritual gifts are? Okay, depend, well, okay, that, that's a good question. Uh, uh, a good way to say it. A, a lot of it would depend on your maturity as a, as a believer. Um, um, but, you know, do we necessarily need to take a test to know what they are? How, how many of you that took the test last week were surprised? Went, wow, I didn't know that. No, nobody. Okay. We, we all probably could have said, yeah, I'm. I yeah, I I totally see that. So we we probably know the problem that I have seen in 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 my personal personally in my life is I didn't want to do <laughs> what I believe God wanted me to do for a long time. I'm just I'm just being honest. You know, just being honest. Okay, let's continue reading. <clears throat> Even as the role of the apostles and prophets were temporary, so uh, were some gifts uh, called sign gifts, um, miraculous gifts uh, such as speaking in tongues, visions, healing, uh, prophesying, and so on, um, uh, that, uh, that were also temporary. God used these gifts to authenticate, boy, that's just did not want to come out, authenticate the work of the apostles <clears throat> and the need for them uh, uh, disappeared with the completion of the written word. However, the Holy Spirit still gives gifts to Christians to equip us for the ministry. These spiritual gifts are summarized in Romans chapter 12. So turn over to Romans. Romans chapter 12, let's start reading in verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the uh, proportion of faith, or minister, ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that soweth mercy with cheerfulness. 
<clears throat> so, um, uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on these because we, we went into great depth on these last week, but uh, we can read through these very quickly here. And, and then uh, the, the first one here is prophecy. Uh, before the Bible was complete, prophecy, prophecy was twofold, foretelling and forthtelling. Uh, foretelling was the uh, what people uh, often, often associate with prophecy, uh, predicting future events based on God's revelation to the prophet. Forthtelling, however, is actually the main role of the prophet, declaring God's word to others. Even uh, in the Old Testament, the prophet's main ministry was to preach the truth. Um, uh, uh, in some cases, they foretold future events. Uh, okay, before we can go on, who can tell me of a Old Testament example of that? Okay, okay, Joseph in his dreams. Okay, I was thinking of Daniel. This is what I was, is what I was thinking about. Okay, um, because if you read the book of Daniel, there are parts of the book of Daniel you go, huh? <laughs> and until the New Testament was written, a lot of it didn't make sense. Because what was he doing? He was prophesying end times. Stuff that we still we still look at that. And, anyway, um, uh, today we have uh, the, the completed revelation of, uh, of God to man recorded in the Bible. Uh, the spiritual gifts of prophecy uh, is a call from God to declare his word to others. People with the, the spiritual gift of prophecy are passionate to declare the word of God. Now, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> Does the gift of prophecy or declaring the word of God, is that restricted to the position of pastor? Who can have the gift of prophecy? whoever God gives it to. It doesn't have to necessarily be a pastor, although I, I believe it is part of the calling of a pastor. Okay? But I, I, to be perfectly honest, I've heard, I've heard women who uh, expound, my wife is one of them, who expound the Word of God very, very good. So, <clears throat> so that's prophecy. Um, any questions before we move on to the next one? Yes, ma'am. I don't understand why you Okay. <clears throat> Anybody can declare the word of God. Okay, I believe that the command in Matthew chapter 28 to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I believe that is to every believer, okay? So every believer can and should declare the word of God. But this is a more specific in the sense of preaching and teaching and, 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 and that, in that realm. Does that help, Patty? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so any other questions? Good question, by the way. Right, right. Okay, we are 
we're out of time. We'll pick up here next week. Um, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I, I thank you for the growth that you have given me over the 40 or so years that I've been saved. I'm so thankful for that. Lord, I have a long way to go. Help me, dear God, uh, to be more like you in everything that I say and do. For it's in Christ's name we pray.